Hello, my badass fire starters. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. My name is Caitlin Matanley, and this show is all about achieving the sacred pleasure of your highest potential through spirituality, self-empowerment, entrepreneurship, and magic. It's time to unabashedly blaze your own path by turning up the volume on your total authenticity. I'm an outlaw life and success coach for rebel boss witches and modern mystics, and I'm so excited to have you join me. Thank you for listening. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. This is Caitlin Matanley, and I'm coming to you from Mexico City in my self-isolation, which I have been doing since March 13th. Yes, I remember the day. Um, and you know, a lot of you have actually asked about how things are here because a lot of my listeners, although definitely not all, a lot of my listeners are in the United States and, um, here things are all closed. We're in a state of emergency until May 30th. Um, we have a lot less, a lot fewer cases than the United States, of course, but our death rate is pretty high. So like, obviously numbers don't really mean anything. They are not testing the way they should be. So I don't even look at the numbers anymore, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I am in a really fortunate position to have a digital business, to be able to work online, to be able to work from home, to be able to order groceries and supplies online, both because I have the resources and I live in a city where you can actually fucking do that still. (laughs) My parents live in Baltimore and they're like, I I was trying to teach them the ways of like ordering groceries online (laughs) so that they could stay at home. My father's high risk and they, I mean, you can't even get a delivery window. So I mean, hell, I'm grateful for that. Um, There have been a bunch of other changes, but, you know, I really can't complain. I really can't complain. There have been absolute ups and downs, and I'm going to talk about those in this episode today, but I just really wanted to be clear that I, how grateful I am, honestly, to be in the position I am in. And it's a position, I mean, that I in many ways have built for myself, and, um, The thing is, (laughs) I think because I can very, very easily remember times not long ago, like we're talking a year ago, where, um, hell, maybe even less, depending on what we're talking about, a time when I would have been freaking the fuck out, you know, like where I couldn't afford to stockpile two weeks of groceries, much less, you know, where I was buying my groceries day to day where I was not sure if I'd be able to pay my water bill to have hot water. You know, it's like to be in a comfortable apartment um, and to be in a position where I don't have to leave the house. It's and I can have everything I need brought to me, basically. I mean, it's a huge blessing when I don't take lightly. And um, especially because my partner is still required to work outside the home quite a bit you know, and so I am still being exposed, just being able to cut down on how I'm in turn exposing others is really important to me because I'm one of the people who's in a position who can do that. So that's the update here for those of you who have been wondering. Um, And 
you know, it's really interesting because being from the United States, living in another country, I like I'm constantly hearing the news from the U.S. Uh, and it's sometimes hard to differentiate between like what's happening there, what's happening here. And so many things here are different. You know, things are different culturally here. Definitely the social distancing thing is, you know, it's happening, but like it's not, the awareness of it does not exist the way it appears to in the States. I mean, like I said, I'm sure that in certain cities it's it's different even in the U.S. So I'm basing it on what I'm seeing. Um, but, you know, definitely people in my neighborhood are still having lots of parties and it's a very close culture, close-knit culture here in Mexico. And yeah, I mean, I think the idea of like, like literally the government, this is actually very telling, the Mexican government just last week started like posting everywhere, no parties on Mother's Day. Mother's Day is I think next week. And like, yeah, people celebrate Mother's Day in the US too, but here like Mother's Day is legit. Like last year, I'm not, no, two years ago. Two years ago, actually, I met my partner's family on Mother's Day of all days. I was terrified because I just was afraid they'd think I was like a stupid foreigner. (laughs) My Spanish wasn't amazing at the time. I mean, it's still not amazing, but it's better, a lot better. Um, I was afraid like I wouldn't be able to communicate. I could. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I actually could. Um, I I just, you know, it was funny because I'm... I never have worried about meeting parents before, whether it's for like a partner or a friend. And I was so stressed about it. And I was wondering why, or was it three years ago now? Two years, yeah, two years ago. (laughs) I was wondering why, and I was like, oh, you know, personalities are different in different languages. And I know I can be charming and impressive to parents in English, but I was not sure if that would happen in Spanish. So anyway, to meet family, especially the mother on Mother's Day, Mother's Day is a big fucking deal here. And I was a nervous fucking wreck. So we actually went, my partner and I went to the flower market um, close to where he lived at the time, where I live now, where we both live now, (laughs) I should specify. And we picked out some flowers for her. And um, I literally am not fucking kidding. This was actually the point of this whole story. I I saw, I mean, there were these huge flower arrangements, like massive, like you have to put it on a fucking table, like maybe you have to bring it to your mother on a cart, I don't even fucking know, we're talking like 12 dozen roses, like arranged with like a whole fucking leaves, and I don't even fucking know, I'm like, who, who has space for this shit, like, <laughs> I don't know, anyway, I saw two men literally getting in a fist fight, like had to be pulled apart because they were fighting over the last one of these very dramatic arrangements. Um, the following year, actually, my partner went to that same market to get me a, an arrangement for my birthday. I love sunflowers and one of the flowers I love. And he thought to get that. And he was coming to meet me for dinner. Like I think maybe he was like coming after work or we were, and I was in a different part of the city. So we were going to meet at the restaurant so he wanted something he could carry that was like still beautiful, but he could carry. So he got me like a very lovely, to me, large <laughs> arrangement of these like sunflowers in a basket. And he later told me that one of the people selling it <laughs> was like, oh, well, who's it for? What's it for? And he's like, it's for my my girlfriend. It's her birthday. And <laughs> I'm not joking. The guy said to him in Spanish, obviously, he said, 
oh, well, you must not love her very much because it's not very big. <laughs> so anyway, that's the flower culture. So Mother's Day is big. Where was I going about Mother's Day? Oh, right. So, so like everyone, they're, they're trying to get people not to have parties for Mother's Day. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. So my point there is like the social distancing thing definitely has a different vibe here. Interesting. Just interesting. Not judge, no judgment. It's just interesting. Anyway, those are the COVID updates from here. Um, and it's relevant because I want to talk about um, a paradigm shift that I made in this whole fucking experience early on that changed everything for me. And I, this is like applicable to my business, but really you can apply it to anything. I mean, it could be like your personal happiness. It could be your relationships. It could be whatever the thing is that you have a story around like, oh my God, it's going to go to fucking shit or it's already going to fucking shit because of this pandemic. Um, I want to start out with just some honesty. Like I, when this thing hit, I'm putting that in air quotes <laughs> for me, like I said, mid-March, I know it's totally different depending on where you are. That was when I started learning more about it and taking it more seriously from here. And here, like it was pretty much just my friends who were foreigners who, you know, who had fam or Mexican friends of mine who had friends and family in the U.S. or Europe who were like, oh, this is a thing. And they were taking it, starting to take it seriously at that time. And I, I, I shocked myself by how much I freaked the fuck out. I talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Um, or was it the last episode? The episode about ending, leaving the productivity cult. I can't remember if it was the last episode or two ago, but whatever. It's a good episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back after this one. You'll love it. Um, but I, I, I was really, I consider myself a really resilient person, but I just like fucking lost it. I like, I straight up fucking lost it, y'all. I, you know, I've become really aware in the past year of my trauma responses and noticing the ways that I have this like deep pervasive, there's a bunch of reasons for this and I'm not getting into them here. I have this deep pervasive, or I have had this deep pervasive sensation that I'm just not safe, kind of always. Um, and it, and it goes like way beyond life circumstances. It's just like a, it's like a psychic, like deep old sensation and we can like explain it away a million times, million different directions. That's not really the point right here. The point is that it exists. And I've done a lot of work over the past year to like work through that because honestly, I'm talking like every morning waking up with this feeling of existential dread, <laughs> no matter how happy air quotes again, I was, or like how good air quotes <laughs> were doing, things were going, you know? So it was, it went beyond like the rational responses to things. That's why it's a trauma response. Well, it's a trauma response because it's a response to trauma, <laughs> but like it, that's an indicator, um, from what I've learned and understand, you know, it's like, it's not quite rational air quotes again. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about starting to do these podcast episodes with video side note. So I don't have to say air quotes every time. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. Um, stay tuned. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe I'll decide to move forward on that. Um, so where was I? Where was I? Yeah. I mean, I just lost my fucking shit. I really fucking lost it. And I mean, it brought up all my old fears of all these fears about security. I mean, definitely being in, um, a foreign country brought up some things. I mean, this is my home. I feel safe here, but like, 
you know, it's just brought up some shit. Um, shit got brought up about like, you know, worrying about being separated from like either of my families, either my American family or my Mexican family, you know, due to like any, you know, just like any, all these things came up. And I was surprised. And I'm not going to lie. This like party of despair, I mean, it basically exhausted me and it put me on the sofa for a week, a couple weeks, like solid. Like wasn't fucking doing anything. I created some things during that time. And it was funny because people were like, you're being so productive right now. And I was like, really? Because I think I'm actually just like crying on the sofa. (laughs) Just like the modicum of creativity I was feeling. I was like directing it just as a way of controlling what I was experiencing. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, eating brownies, watching reality TV. No shade to either of those activities. But you know, you, you, you know, if you're, you know, if you've been like, vibing with this type of work for a while you're aware enough to know when it's like oh i'm just gonna like bake brownies i love baking brownies eat brownies love eating brownies watch reality tv or whatever like i was a sociology major in college i fucking love reality tv you know what if i'm like feeling like watching tv which isn't a super common thing but like in a time of distress like I just have to fucking turn off my brain and that's a great way to do it. So in no way do I want you to think that I'm like, I am so bad. I was eating brownies watching Love is Blind. I actually loved how with Love is Blind, which is a Netflix reality dating show for those of you who somehow have missed that. Um, it was so funny to me because, like, suddenly everybody was watching it. Even people have probably never watched a season of The Bachelor or anything else that's, like, a reality dating show in their fucking lives. It was like, I don't know why. I think maybe because it was on Netflix. It just, like, caught people's attention. Anyway. And then, of course, with, like, the whole quarantine thing, it was, like, ooh, so real, you know? Um, <laughs> So... It really put me out. It really put me out. And luckily, I had, you know, at this point in my journey, for lack of a better word, I'm pretty fucking self-forgiving. Like, I just, I know I have cycles. I know that it's just the easiest and most efficient thing to do is just to fully give myself to whatever cycle I'm in and know it's temporary, you know? Sometimes I'm like, fuck, yeah, feeling it. Like, I'm excited to like create and do the work and whatever. And other times I'm just fucking not. And it cycles and it works out. And I know that. So, I mean, thank God I wasn't telling myself stories around that. And I talk about this in the productivity cult episode. Um, Because a lot of people I'm close to were just like struggling. I mean, I think still are. You know, placing a lot of like, you know, feelings of a lack of self-worth in that. Because it's like, oh, you're not productive. You're not worth, you know, as much. And luckily, I think people are becoming aware that this is, we're not in a normal situation. So the normal rules and expectations, like, just forget about them. Anyway, so this took me down, like, a pit of darkness, (laughs) we'll say. It brought up my deepest, okay, so I, I, I didn't actually notice at first that my deepest, darkest, most shadow, most, like, never want to admit it, belief that I have, at least that I've discovered so far, it came up. So I didn't realize at first it had come up. What I felt was the result of it coming up. And that's important to note because when things come up and a lot of, there's a lot of talk of like, oh, I feel like I'm backsliding into old habits in this quarantine. For those of you who are quarantined, I know not everybody is, 
Um, I don't believe in backsliding. I really don't. And I also don't believe we ever fully heal from anything. And I know it's a controversial belief. Um, that's how I feel. That's what I've observed. And that's what I know to be true for myself. And what I mean by that is we're constantly coming back to the same lessons because they're the themes of our lives. And I believe that on a karmic level, but that's not even the point. We keep coming back to the same lessons from a higher perspective. I always say it's like a spiral staircase. You walk up the staircase each time around, you end up looking at the same fucking wall, but just from a higher perspective. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize that like that stair down there is broken or I don't, I don't know that example, but like you get my point. And, and we have more knowledge and so we can bounce back more quickly. We can, we can become more observant, more aware, more like, oh, this is my old story about that thing. Like, that's not applicable to the situation. Let's move on. We can tell a new story. We can bounce back more easily. But that doesn't mean it doesn't come up. It's like the whole new level, new devil thing. It's like not really a new devil. It's just like the same fucking devil, just in a new costume, in my experience and belief. So my deepest, here it is. My, my deepest, darkest, most shadow belief. And, and the word like shadow, shadow work that gets thrown around a lot right now, um, to me, it's like under your subconscious, under your unconscious. It's like the darkest depths. It's something you don't even acknowledge. And in fact, because we are so determined to distance ourselves from these sides of us, we often create a personality or an expression of ourselves that is in that is diametrically opposed absolute opposite to this shadow belief and as a result like once we discover this belief we are like disgusted by ourselves honestly is how it feels to me <laughs> like that's how I know I'm accessing shadow shit not like ooh, I'm afraid of failing it's like no it's like this deep dark nasty feeling shit where you're just like oh my god God, and you'll see what I mean because <laughs> I'm going to share with myself as an example, as I always do. So I consider myself, and let's be real, like this is who I am in the vast majority of my life, except for when I'm self-sabotaging, which is like where the shadow comes out to play. I am very independent. I am really someone who just like gets things done, makes them happen. I don't need, I know I don't need other people to make things happen. I know I can accomplish anything. Even if I don't know how to do it, I'll learn. Like, I fucking know. But, and I've, how I've like uncovered this shadow belief is a separate episode. If, I, if you're interested in learning more, send me a message. Send me a DM on Instagram at Caitlin Matanley. Link is in the show notes always. Um, and we can and just tell me you want to hear more about that and I'll record a separate episode. Um, but the belief is that in fact, I wrote it down because <laughs> I talked about this in an Instagram post. I wrote it down in like a stream of consciousness way. So I'm going to actually find that and share it. Okay. The belief is it's easier to fail because then maybe somebody will save me because fuck, I always have to do everything myself even if I'm not successful. So if I'm super successful, I would have to really do everything. So I would rather just fail or at least not go the full distance. For me, that's what failure usually has looked like historically, just not going the full distance. Like, yeah, pretty successful, pretty good, not bad, but like an underachieving, chronic underachiever for sure over here. So that's the belief that came up and it came up in the form of a couple things. It was like, oh, because of all this fucking craziness going on and everyone's freaking out about their businesses and their work and like the future, 
I actually like have an excuse just to like sit on my ass and do nothing. Um, and I can just blame it on COVID. <laughs> if my business like fails, because I was focusing this on my business, I can just blame COVID and like somebody will bail me out. Like I can probably like, maybe I can like call my mom and be like, sorry, like, oh, I need to like borrow some money. And like maybe she will or maybe she won't. But like if she's going to, you know, probably now would be the time. I know that's like really privileged, but it's just me being real. Um, it's like if she has it in her heart to do, I mean, my mom's lovely. Like I'm sure, you know. She, if she has something, she's willing to give it <laughs> to a fault, maybe. Mom, I want you to, like, give more to yourself if you're listening, which you aren't. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> or, you know, like, oh, I just, like, have an excuse, like, in my – to talk about. Like, everyone's freaking out. I can, like, commiserate – that's a big thing. Like, I can commiserate with people more easily if I'm also suffering. Like, it's always easier, especially in certain social circles, to complain than to celebrate and there's nothing wrong with like sharing and being like oh yeah time's really tough you know being real I mean I encourage you to do that but there's a difference you know anyway so I was just like it, it almost like made me want to fail it almost made me want to do badly and like I would have an out and I was like oh this is if I don't like quickly change the tune on this I'm fucked like I just knew myself you know I knew my situation, my personal situation with business, with entrepreneurship over the past decade. I knew my patterns. I was like, this, I mean, no. And this was a great example, actually, of like old shit coming up. But I knew that like I had a higher perspective. I was like, I could catch it. And I knew, at least I knew it had to be corrected. I didn't know how yet, but I knew I had to do it. So I sat with it. And it just came to me, honestly. It just, it happened actually pretty organically because this is a belief that I had been desiring to integrate into my belief system for some time. Like I'd been playing with it. I'd been like affirming it, didn't believe it really at all yet, but, but it was there, you know, it was there in my consciousness. Um, and so it, this is what popped into my mind. And this is this side note. This is why it's important. Like this is how affirmations can work. So super quick, because sometimes like they don't fucking work. Like the way they're taught doesn't always fucking work. My process is this. I figure out the belief that's like fucked up and that I don't want to believe anymore. Okay. Because here's the thing. I believe that life works for all of us the way we expect it to work. Yes. There are social systems at play. There are privileges that we have that are granted to us by those systems that make things easier, easier or more difficult. Straight up. And... There's also, on top of that, like, the playing field is not level. I will not be like, I did it, you can too. The playing field is not level, my friends. And from wherever we're starting at, we can, we can grow, maybe not to the same level as everybody, or maybe we have to do a lot more work to get to that same level. That's real. But we can improve our situation, how we feel, what we believe, based on what we choose to believe. Okay. Um, and honestly, that's actually one of the ways that like privilege affects our ability to manifest because you are told different things depending on the, you know, social groups you're a part of. The levels of 
you know, oppressed identity you hold. You're told different things by society, even if you have like positive influences in your life personally. I mean, fuck, like as a woman, I was taught many things that were totally opposite to what my parents taught me. My parents were like, you know, pretty progressive, but like I definitely internalized beliefs as a woman. So yeah. Okay. Anyway, I digress. So you figure out the belief you don't want to believe anymore. feels like shit. That's usually how I know. I'm like, this just feels like shit. Like, what if, what if this wasn't true? You know, by now I pretty much know that like anything that makes me feel fucking awful and is like makes my life horrible and makes my life not work and, and just, I can just tell when it's like, it's not fucking true. It's a story I'm telling myself. So I'll decide what I want to believe instead. And then like, I'll work towards that belief. So, you know, I like to say like, Okay, say if you want to believe, for me, the original belief, let's just go to that. The original belief that I had was I have to like do the mindset work constantly and like stay super high vibe, which is like, I'm going to get to that in a second. Just know I'm putting that in air quotes. (laughs) I'll get to that in a second. I have to be like to feel good all the time in order to like manifest. Like fuck that shit. And I'll explain why in a second. But that was my belief. And I was like, this just doesn't feel good because then if I have a bad day or a bad hour or like a very rational response to something painful that's going on, I feel like, oh, now I'm not going to meet my goal my or my manifestation or whatever. Like that feels disempowering. That feels like I'm subject to like my moods. And yeah, I can over time improve my mood. Like I've done that dramatically in my experience healing which is a permanently ongoing process healing clinical depression so like I know I can do that but also I don't want to be feel like I'm knocked out and like everything just stops if if like shit's hitting the fan so I had already been working on integrating this idea that like I get to be successful no matter what I get to manifest no matter what I get to like make the money I want or like receive the things I desire, even if I feel shitty, even if I'm in a bad mood, even if I'm grouchy, even if I like yelled at my boyfriend in the morning, sorry, Omar, (laughs) because I was like, you know, feeling grouchy. (laughs) Like I still get to have the things. So I was working on that belief. And that's what pops into my mind when I had this old shit come up of like, it's better just to fucking you know, give into this. I was like, you know what? Actually, and this is the kind of the point of the episode. So listen, listen carefully. <laughs> you haven't been listening. Listen now. <laughs> um, guess, guess what? I actually get to be successful no matter what. I get to, my business gets to keep, because I was focusing this on my business. You can focus this on anything. My business gets to keep growing Even if I am panicked, depressed, unmotivated, don't know what the fucking do next, don't know how to process my shifts and priorities because also, I don't know about you all, but like everything's been shifting in terms of my business priorities, my personal priorities, like so many things I used to focus on and care about. I'm like, who fucking cares now? You know, I mean, it's just all the dead weight is, is being released for sure. So I get to be successful Anyway, 
because guess what? If you think that you have to be like happy and like productive and like your morning routine has to be perfect and like all whatever to be successful in a time of crisis, which hello, we're in, you are going to be fucked. (laughs) You're going to be fucked because you're naturally, you have natural responses to things. And yes, we can work to make them more productive and empowering and you're a fucking human. And hello, like evidence-wise, let's just look around. I mean, there's tons of people who are unhappy and successful by conventional standards. <laughs> there are plenty of people manifesting money, whether or not they think of it in those terms or not, um, and are not what we call like happy, fulfilled people, maybe even like good people. Like, no. Our results mirror back our beliefs. And quite frankly, I think that this whole idea that like we need to be perfect in any way, like perfect diet to be healthy, perfect, like don't eat gluten or like whatever the thing is, like, you know, we need to be like feel good all the time in order to like attract what we desire, like, or whatever. It's like this whitewashed version of like the law of attraction and spirituality that just is like fucking bullshit and it really really invalidates the experiences of people who have you know marginalized identities whose everyday life is like a real fucking struggle to like just be positive about you know so it's disempowering as fuck and it's just not true it's just not true so anyway that was the decision I made it was a game changer it was a fucking game changer I decided I was just going to like sit with my changes and priorities and do what I was led to do. And I was going to trust it was enough. And guess what? Like I don't time my work hours. Like some days I work more, some days I work less, but like on average, like I'm not working my fingers to the bone by any means. Um, Some of you may know my story. Like with one of my previous businesses, I really, I mean, I, I struggled with extreme workaholism To the point where I made myself super sick, physically, mentally, spiritually. And that's not a place I am ever going back to. (laughs) So um, I don't do that anymore. I don't, and I don't, and and the, the cool thing is what I found in this little incubator of like, okay, I'm just gonna do what I'm led to do, I'm gonna trust it's enough. I saw awesome results. So what this looked like for me, and it's going to look different for everybody, and I want to make that super clear, super, super clear. I personally was led to create offerings in my business that serve people at a variety of price points, including pay what you can. I did a pay what you can offer on Boss Witch University, one of my courses. Um, I took on a pay what you can client, um, a couple pay what you can clients in different capacities. Um, I basically did everything that you're not supposed to do. I mean, there's this parable in the coaching industry that I think is super toxic which is you know like if you're not charging like top dollar you don't think you deserve it and like you need to charge your worth and like yeah of course you do and like quite a lot of people maybe even most people undercharge but there's like really it's not about what you're charging it's about like doing what feels right so it's like if you know in your heart you should charge more for something and you charge less. The problem isn't the price. The problem is that you're going against your in, your intuition and your deep knowing and your sense of like, what what do I need to feel 
like the energetic exchange is fair. And here's the thing. It's not just about money. Like, so with this, I was, I was led to do it and I had an amazing response with the, um, with the boss, which university pay what you can offer. Amazing response. And you know what, honestly, um, if you are in a position where you still desire to get that offer, it's technically closed. Just send me a message on Instagram at Kayla Matanley. We'll work it out for sure. Um, also I'm giving it away as a bonus which for something I'm going to talk about at the very end. So stay tuned for that. Um, anyway, where was I? All okay. right. I had a huge response and not just in terms of like people buying it. And what was cool is that actually like the, the doomsday thing that a lot of coaches say of like, Oh, like people just pay the minimum. It's like actually not true. Like people actually paid what they could afford, which was the whole fucking point. Some people that was $2. Some people that was $80. You know, it's like a $200 course for context. You know, and everybody was super thrilled. Tons of new people came in my world because people were like posting about it on their Instagrams. People I didn't even know, you know, just I had these interesting conversations, people all over the world who are in like really different situations. Um, You know, people who we're just so, so grateful, honestly. And it wasn't like, oh, I feel good because they're being in gratitude towards me. It was just like, fuck, yeah, this is what people need right now. I can provide it. And it's like easy for me. Awesome. You know, it was a win, 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 win. So it wasn't the energetic exchange that was occurring. wasn't just the money because the course is already created. Like I'm just sending it out, which I am still doing manually. I know I'm so naughty. Um, <laughs> But, you know, besides that, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not, it wasn't taking like a lot of labor on my part at that point. Amazing content, which is worth a lot. I mean, worth more even than the normal $200 price, but that's not the point. So I, like, I was being supported by, in all these measures, financially, um, I was feeling more, more fulfilled than ever which was awesome. But I want to specify and really make clear that it's the solution isn't like, oh, you have to like slash your prices during this time or do a pay what you can because people can't pay. Like that's not true at all. At all. So like the point is always do what your intuition and your soul wants to do. My soul was like, fuck it. I just want to do whatever the fuck I want, which I kind of already always do in business. But anyway, so guess what happened? I made more fucking money than I ever had before. <laughs> Let's be fucking honest here. Um, last month, and then this month surpassed it. Okay, so let's break this down. So technically, I'm actually selling things for less overall on average, um, including doing pay what you can offers, and I'm making more money. Interesting. This is interesting. And the, again, I know it's so tempting to be like listening for the nugget. It's going to change everything for you. The point isn't like do what I did. It's that I listened to my heart. I listened to my soul. I did what I, what I wanted to do and I was rewarded. But the real reason was because I decided I was going to fucking be successful anyway. And... I'm not saying like it's that easy. Everyone just make a decision to be successful and you'll be successful. But 
I guarantee without that decision, it's going to be a lot fucking harder to get there. It's a piece of the puzzle. For me, it was like the piece that put me over the edge in a positive way because it was the piece I was missing. So nothing in these podcasts or anything I create is ever like the be all end all. It's to get you thinking. So I want you to ask yourself, like, what are you going to decide is true for you during this time? And I just call it this time because, I mean, who fucking knows how long is going on? Like, none of us know. None of us fucking know. Um, we're all in different situations, different cities, different work situations, different exposure situations. We, it's just like there's so many things that are up in the air, but we do get to use this as an opportunity. We always have the chance, but we're using it as a special one to make a decision on how it's going to play out. And that's not to say like things aren't going to come up and like go against that, but this was my experience and I, and it was just powerful to see the results that quickly of like, oh, I went from being like, am I going to have my worst month ever to actually having my best, like in the same month. So that was interesting and symbolic in so many ways. So something is out. I put something out that's new. It's happening May 16th. It's a one day masterclass. It's three hours Saturday morning. Uh, and it's called Open Channel. And basically what I'm teaching you is how to create a digital course in 48 hours or less. So here, it's super fun. I mean, first of all, I'm teaching my process for creating digital courses, which is super unique. Never seen anyone else teach it this way. It's extremely simple. It can be applied to any platform or lack of platform. Um, anyone can do it. You don't have to be a business owner. You do have to be a human being. And that's basically it because everybody has a well of knowledge about something that people actually want to learn about. Yes, even now, especially now, because people are like learning shit. If they have any time, any resources, not even extra resources, like any resources, people are, I mean, I've had tons of people messaging me being like, um, I'm unemployed and don't know what the fuck is happening, but like might as well work on my business. <laughs> Can I join a course? Can I join coaching? It's like, you know, people are, people are, are going for what they need. They're paying for what they need. So someone needs what you have to teach. And I teach you my process for creating digital courses. It's a super unique process. And the idea is that if you take this masterclass on the morning of Saturday, May 16th, it's nine to 12 central time. It will be recorded. So you, you know, if you are on like a weird time zone, I really encourage you to make it live if you can. But if you're on like a other side of the world time zone or something, um, it will be recorded. You take the class in the morning and if you make that weekend a working retreat, which is not required, but if you decide to, you can have your course out like actually being sold by Monday. And of course, if you want to take longer, you can do that too. <laughs> There's no pressure. But like this is a process that you can use to basically channel your creative genius, create a course out of it and put it out immediately. We don't, we completely bypass the traditional like do the market research process because I teach you how to be doing market research as you're promoting it and selling it. So 
Um, what else does this mean? Let's be fucking honest. It means you can get paid right away. <laughs> and I think all of us are looking for additional streams of income right now. So that's why I'm really excited to offer this. So it's a one day masterclass. It's $44. There is a payment plan available for the masterclass, two payments of $25 with all my payment plans always actually, but I'm really talking it up now. If you need a different payment option, just message me or email me. We'll make it work. Um, but you will get everything you need to know to create your course and create it fast. So it's really exciting. I'm super excited to be teaching it. I'm giddy with excitement. And the cool thing is I have two up-level packages. They're super limited in availability. Um, I have an up-level package. You can receive the masterclass and a one-hour coaching session with me. So, um, normally that would be like, I don't, I only do one-off sessions of special things. Usually they're $200. You get the uh, masterclass and the one-hour session for $144. Payment options available again. It's two payments of $75 um, if you want to do that. And that's if you want just some extra higher level, um, you know, me sitting down helping you a little bit more creating the course. Those single strategy sessions are happening the Sunday and Monday immediately after the masterclass. So again, the idea is like, get it done. A third option for the people who want ongoing support and maybe just have been wanting to do one-on-one coaching with me, but don't either don't want a long commitment. Usually I do three um, months or more for my private coaching, or they just don't have the full budget. Uh, my private coaching is like I said, it's not usually one month. It's usually a package. It comes out to about $850 a month, and it's going up actually in June to over 1000 So that package, it's one month of private coaching with me plus the master class, and the one month of private coaching with me includes two live video sessions and unlimited text and voice message support. That package is $444, and it's available for four payments of $125, I think. Also, so it's like the whole fucking thing is super accessible. I haven't even, okay, right now, today is Wednesday. This is going, this episode is going to launch on Friday. So I released it just to like my inner circle last night and today. Later today, um, I believe later today, possibly tomorrow morning, it's going to be released to the public. And I already have like, I've already sold a bunch of the bonus sessions. Um, they're very limited. So like the highest level up level package, I think there are only two available total. And then the mid range, I think there's six available. I don't remember exactly, but there aren't a lot left basically. <laughs> the masterclass itself, it's like until, I mean, it's, it's unlimited and how many people can sign up. But I've only opened it to my inner circle I already have a ton of people in. Um, I already have some of those up-level packages taken. I, I'm offering some free courses for the first handful of people in. Most of those are gone. Um, you get free Bosswitch University for free if you join pay in full for the masterclass only. And it's like only the first five people. I think there's maybe like, I don't remember the numbers. If it's on my website when you get this, it means it's available or I open more up or whatever. Um, and then for the up-level packages, you get that. Boston University and my now close to the public classic seminal course, The Chariot, 
both as bonuses if you pay in full. Like I said, that's just the first handful of people. Um, only a couple of those are left. I may, oh, if by the time this opens to the public, those are all gone, I'll open a few more. But check out the link in my bio for all of that. Um, it's caitlinmatanley.com slash open channel. And when I say click on the link in my bio, this is an Instagram. If I said that, I meant to say click the link in the show notes. <laughs> Or message me on Instagram at Caitlin Matanley. That link is in the show notes as well to find out more about the masterclass. Um, I can't wait to share this with you. It's the simplest, most intuitive, most fun process for creating digital courses. You literally don't need anything, any prior knowledge, any equipment, any um, programs, nothing to create it. If you desire to add those things, I'd show you how. It's for everybody. Um, I've made it super accessible so that everyone can get in. And I can't wait to see you inside. If you've been even a little curious about creating an online course, get the fuck in. Like, get in. You can, you can join for as little as $25. Um, love you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with me as I bare my soul. And I can't wait to talk to you all soon. Tune in next Friday for a, ne a new episode. We are back to every Friday episodes here on Rebirth of Venus. So get excited for those. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure, I was going to say notifications are turned on. I don't think that's a thing for podcasts. <laughs> um, if you're following me on Instagram, hell, make sure those notifications are turned on. <laughs> make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the episodes. Uh, if you love this, please leave me a review on iTunes to tell me how this has impacted you so we can share this podcast, this knowledge with more people. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you next Friday or I'll talk to you next Friday. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave me a five-star review on the Apple Podcasts app. To keep the episodes coming, click on the link in the show notes to support the show for as little as $1 a month. I am so grateful to have you as part of this movement. I'll see you soon.